If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. <laughs> today is an interesting one. We uh, have a prayer today to pray for Kevin's son, Michael, who has a fever and a cough. And I woke up this morning with a very, uh, with, with a cough. I don't think I'm running a fever, although I am sweating. I think that has to do with the heat. Uh, but uh, what a wonderful gift it would be to know that this little boy was healed, uh, even as I'm getting sick. Uh, so we're going to pray for Michael, and we're probably going to pray in sort of short bursts because of the, I may need to stop and go into a coughing fit. If I feel one coming on, I'm just going to stop the recording, and then we'll have little jumps. You'll, you'll hear the jumps as, we, as, as I stop and restart the recording. Uh, I hope you forgive me for that. It's a interruption in quality, but I did not want to let, I promised everyone that prayers would be said for your intentions, and I want those prayers to be said. I don't want to miss a day. I'm down to three days a week. It's really unacceptable for me to take a sick day. So here I am, and it's a guarantee. This is not me bo boasting, and God forbid I should boast at anything but the cross. I don't want it to come across as boasting. Rather, I just want to make it very clear that if you submit a prayer, you will be prayed for. That's a promise. And I take those promises very seriously. So we're going to go ahead and pray for Michael. Uh, and we're going to pray the prayer of uh, sickness from uh, extreme unction, even though I think a fever and a cough is probably not cause for extreme unction. Nevertheless, the prayer is a good prayer that uh, focus. It's the it's the prayer. It's the one prayer from extreme unction because most of the prayers in extreme unction focus very much on the health of the soul because it should. That's what the sacrament is for. Uh, this prayer, on the other hand, focuses on the health of the body, and so it's an appropriate prayer to bring into use when we're praying for the sick. Now today we're going to pray in Latin in spite of everything, and uh, so I encourage you to. Put yourselves in the presence of God and uh, take out your rosaries. In nomine Patris, Fidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Credo in Deum Patrem Omnipotentum, Creatorum Celi et Terre, Ed in Jesum Christum, Fidium Eis Unicum, Dominum Nostrum, Qui conceptus este Spiritus Sancto, Natus ex Maria Virgine, Passus Pontio Pilato, Crucifixus mortus et sepultus, descendit ad inferos. Tertia die resurrexit a mortuis, ascendit ad celos, sedet an dexteram dei pacis omnipotentis, inde venturus est judicare vivos et mortuos. Credo in spiritum sanctum, sanctum Catholic, ecclesiam catholicum, sanctorum communionem, 
remissionum peccatorum, carnis resurrectionum, vit, et vitam eternum. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum. Via voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie. Et demidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nostra minimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationum, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostri. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat principio, et nunc et semper et in saecula saeculorum, Amen. Quintum mysterium dolorosum, crucifixio Domini nostri, Jesu Christi. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, Et demidi nobis debita nostra, sicud et nostra minimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, 
nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Fidio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicura rat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et et secula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dulcedo et spes nostre, salve. Ad te clavamus, exulis filia evi, ad te suspiramus, gementes et plentes, in hac lacramarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, Ilos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. O Clemens, o Pia, o Dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, genetrix. Ut digni officiamur promissionibus Christi. Oremus. Deus cuius unigenitus per vita mortem et resurrectionem suum nobis, salutis eterni premium comparavi. Concide quesimus, ut hec mysterius sacratissimo, Beati Maria Virginis rec- Rosario Recolentes, et emetemur, quod continit, et quod promitunt, assequamur. Fereundum Christum, Dominum Nostrum. Amen. Domine Sancte, Pater Omnipotens Eterni Deus, qui benedictionis Tue, Gratia mei gris infundendo corporibus, factorum tuum multiplici pietate custodis, ad invocationem tui nominis benignus assiste, ur famulum tuum ab gratudine liberatum et sanitate donatum, dextera tua erigas virtute confirmas potestate tuerius, atque ecclesiae tue sancte cum omnia desiderata prosperitate restituas per Christum nominum nostrum Amen Sancte Blaise Patronum nostrum ora pro nobis Sancte Michael Archangeli defende nos in proelo contra inequisiam et insidias diaboli est o presidium imperadili Deus supplices deprecamur Tuque princeps milite celestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perdotionem animarum pervagantorem mundo, divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacratissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacratissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacratissimum cor Iesu, aveniat regnum tuum. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. You're probably picking up now on a little bit of background noise that wasn't there before. I started this recording and then 
had to pause it and have a coughing fit. And I'm finding that the cool air outside the car rather than the stuffy air inside the car is helping. So I'm leaving that open. I hope it doesn't do too much to disrupt the actual recording and the prayer cast. And we prayed today for Michael and reflected on the fifth sorrowful mystery, which is the crucifixion. And this is a good mystery to end this particular series on. So I'm doing these in series. And that means that this is the end of series six, which is how we're going to split up the the seasons of the podcast from now on. You know, I have a, if you're watching on, if, you, if you're looking at it on Spotify or you're on Anchor, I, I think it's actually true of just about every one of the podcast platforms unless you're getting it directly from the RSS feed or you're getting it from the website. Uh, in all these cases, it's listed in terms of seasons and then or series and then uh, the episode. So instead of going for a hundred episodes like I did when we were doing this every day, what I've decided to do is every single time we say a rosary, a full 15-decad rosary, that's the end of the series. We're going to begin the next one. So we're ending the series. The series will always end on the crucifixion. I think that's an appropriate way to do it because the crucifixion is really the heart and soul of our entire faith. It's the center of our religion. It's the reason that Christ came into the world was to do this thing. And what he was doing was saving us, surely, the salvation and the, the, the sacrifice is central to the cross. It is the reason for it. But it's not the only thing that's at play. The other thing that is, I think, just as more important in our day-to-day living of the faith. Now, the sacrifice is the most important thing, doctrinally. It's the, most, it's the central, it's the, it's the heart of the whole faith. And you can't get away from that, you cannot d- diminish it if you want to remain a Christian. But, I think in our day-to-day, it's not necessarily the sacrifice, the propitiatory sacrifice itself, that has the biggest impact on us. In our day-to-day, it's the teaching that takes place on the cross and through the way of the cross that forms the core of what it means to be a Christian. Now, the main lesson that Christ is teaching in his passion and in the cross is a lesson about suffering. Really, all human experiments with religion uh, and, and this is, you know, all of our interactions with the demons, everything that we come up with on our own, the fancies of our own imaginations, all of these things, all seek to deal with one central problem, and that is the problem of pain and death. We as human beings don't know what to do with the consummation of, or, well, no, that's already, that already requires a philosophical answer. We don't know what to do with the apparent termination of our existence. We know what it is to exist. We know what it is to be. We know instinctively that it is better to be than not to be. Isn't that's that's the great that's the question that Hamlet faces. That's where that comes from. To be or not to be. That is the question. It is a consummation devoutly to be wished, is what he talks about in 
ridding himself of himself. It's a, and, and then he realizes that he can have much more, he can solve the problem that he faces much more through life than through death. And that's a fundamental human conclusion to draw. Suicide is a, a perversity. It's not just a selfish act. It's, it, it is a selfish act. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's a prideful act. But it's a perversion of human instinct. It's a perversion of human nature. Which is what all sin is. All sin is wounded nature. It's perverted nature, twisted nature. It's harmed nature. Because our nature as human beings was intended from the beginning by God to be some to be a certain way. We're made in the that's the imago dei, the image of God. Suicide is a perversion of that because it draws away from the one thing that we should be seeking and that I, that we know that we should be seeking, which is life. And we've come up with all sorts of wonderful solutions to the problem of death and suffering in all the various religious expressions that we've encountered throughout time. And certainly the diversity of these ideas, the intellectual diversity of religiosity before the coming of Christ, because nowadays most religions really just borrow from Christianity. Now modern Judaism is a rejection of Christianity. It has really nothing to do with the ancient faith of the Hebrews, which itself was pre-Christianity. Uh, if you look at, at Islam as just a Christian heresy, uh, and th then you have all of the offshoots of all of that. The, the Mormons, they really are a different religion, but ultimately they're based in Christian Western society, you know, even with all their planets and their aliens and all of that nonsense. The same thing is true of all the various cults that come up, the, from Kevin's Gate to the Baha'i faith. You know, it's, it's, it's all the same. There's only one other religion that doesn't, and it's probably the closest humanity has ever come to, re to using human rationality to come to the truth of, reality, of, of religious reality, and that's Buddhism. Now, the Buddha came up with a very good solution to the problem of suffering. He recognized that life is suffering. Our entire existence is suffering. That's part and parcel to it. And our goal in living in life is trying to avoid that suffering. Now, this is where he gets it wrong because he's working with human rationality. Now, Buddhism seems very profound to a lot of people, and there's a lot of Christians out there that think of the Buddha as being one of these people that could have been influenced by the Holy Ghost outside of the church, which is, of course, nonsense. There's no, the Holy Ghost doesn't really operate in that way. And they'll use the example of Cornelius, but Cornelius was there to spread the Christian faith. Cornelius didn't come to some kind of strange, perverse understanding of the truth. He came to the truth itself, which is Jesus Christ. So the Holy Ghost was not operating on Buddha. And if you'll permit a small aside, I think it's an important question for us to reflect on. If you do think that the Holy Ghost was operating on Buddha, and you're a Christian, I think it's important to ask why you think that. And I don't mean that, and don't, when I say that, I don't mean what are the reasons that could defend this position, like going to the example of Cornelius. I mean what made you come to that conclusion in the first place? Why did the thought even occur to you? It's a thought that's, it's a, it's a question that's worth asking of, of these things. We as human beings tend to look at human profundity, 
and think that because it's so profound, because we didn't come up with it, it must be of divine origin. And that's not necessarily true. Human beings can have very profound conclusions. They're usually wrong in the end, but they can be very profound. Buddha's one of these. He gets some very profound conclusions. He's wrong. But you have to admire, I think anyway, you have to admire the profundity of human reason that draws such conclusions. Now, Buddha's solution is to escape existence. That's, that's the whole idea there. You're supposed to be trying to get out of the cycle of reincarnation. You're supposed to be shedding everything that causes you suffering, which ultimately is attachment to, to reality, attachment to things. Now, there's true that in Christianity we understand that we do want to overcome our various attachments. Look, excuse me. Because ultimately, we want to attach ourselves to something else. The de detachment is, is a good start. But ultimately, we want to attach ourselves to God, and we do that through Jesus Christ. Which is why the solution that Christianity poses to the problem of suffering is so much better than the solution that things like Buddhism or Ep Epicureanism or, or Stoicism pose to the, to the problem of suffering. Stoicism, very much like Buddhism, in fact, actually, so Stoicism and Buddhism actually accomplish the same goal, it's just that they don't mean to. Buddhism tries to accomplish something different and ends up accomplishing the goal that Stoicism accomplishes. The Buddha wants to escape suffering and escape attachment. Well, ultimately, what ends up happening with, with Buddhism is that you don't suffer because things that you would have suffered don't bother you because you're not attached to things. Now, you still feel pain, you still suffer, but you don't feel it. It's sort of like, you know, to play the guitar, life is, life can be quite beautiful. And to play an instrument is very, it can be, you, can, you create some piece of beauty with a, with a violin or with a cello or with a, with a guitar, you can create a thing of beauty. In order, if for anyone who's ever played a stringed instrument, you know that in order to be effective, you need to develop calluses on your fingers. And you do that through repeated use of the instrument so that you no longer feel the pain created by the friction of your fingertips across the strings. This is especially true of guitar. Now, that doesn't mean that that friction doesn't still take place. You just don't feel it anymore. Now, Stoicism, a little bit more honestly perhaps, or at least more correctly, understands that the whole point is to be calloused to suffering. Things don't bother you, and the way that you do that is by controlling your emotions. You don't experience, you don't allow yourself to experience things like elation, just like you don't allow yourself to experience things like depression. And as a result, you develop and cultivate a callous to the suffering of the world which allows you to remain completely balanced and reasonable in the face of things which would otherwise provoke you to irrational decisions. Now, that's an oversimplification of what Zeno of Citium was trying to get at when he came up with Stoicism, but that's more or less Stoicism. 
And in the end, I would argue that that's probably what the Buddhists really achieve as well, even though it's not what they're looking for. But Christ, and actually Epicurus was, Epicurus was trying to do the same thing. Epicureanism is the same thing. It's an avoidance of suffering. Jesus Christ tells us not to avoid suffering. If you would be saved, take up your cross and follow me. We are given the goal of the cross, of crucifixion. We are given the goal of suffering. What an easy goal. What an easy thing. This is what he was when my burden is this is what he means when he says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well say, yes it is. All he asks us to do is suffer. What is life but suffering? It comes so easily to us. But what Jesus Christ does is give meaning to our suffering. We don't flee from it anymore. We lean into it. We drive through it. And that's suffering of all kinds, whether it's personal suffering through sickness or uh, through pain, whether it's uh, a more esoteric, whether the esoteric's the wrong word, but I suppose uh, uh, a more uh, ambiguous kind of suffering through uh, the, the, the uh, things like political anxiety. You know, we're experiencing the collapse of a civilization right now. We're in the middle of it. That's a tremendous amount of suffering. And we're not even in the really bad part of it yet. But Jesus Christ tells us to lean into our cross, to push forward through it. And because of that, our suffering will have meaning. And it will draw us nearer to him. This is sort of a, a version of the only way out is through. The only way out of all of this, out of our fallen nature, out of this fallen world, is through it, through the suffering that it carries within it, and to God. Every other religion in the world, everyone, teaches people to move away from the suffering of the world. Christianity alone tells us to charge headlong into it. Because at the other side of it, there's glory. That's the crucifixion. The crucifixion is our path. It is our gateway to the resurrection. And that's why it's the center of our faith. It's why the teaching of the cross, which is to embrace suffering, to offer it to Jesus, to draw ourselves nearer to him, is the most effective, central expression of our faith in a day-to-day -day context. Because we all suffer day-to-day. -day. Life is suffering. The Buddha's right about that. Life is suffering. What you do with that suffering is the difference between your salvation and your damnation. Because God ultimately it says that God desireth not that the God says this, he says it through the scriptures. God desireth not the death of a sinner, but that he be converted and live. Ultimately, it is never God who damns. It is we who damn ourselves. 
And ultimately, the reason why is because we don't use the instruction manual that he gave us. I, I know that that's a very simplistic understanding of, uh, of Scripture and the faith, but it's true. We have this tool and the instruction manual that goes with it on how to use it. We have our faith. We have the teachings of the fathers and doctors of the church. We have the scripture. We have everything that we need. And so ultimately, it falls to us to choose whether or not we're going to use it. And so that's the difference between our salvation and our damnation. If we follow our desire, which is to avoid suffering, which is a fallen desire, then we will inevitably run away from the only gateway that will bring us to God and will be lost in the outer darkness. But if we go through our suffering, if we pass through that gateway, if we allow ourselves to be crucified by the world and by our lives, and we surrender our will to his will on the cross, then we have salvation. And if you do that, your salvation, it's, say there's no guarantee of salvation. Well, well in, in, in fact, there is. And the guarantee of salvation is to do it right. It's just difficult to determine when we're doing that, which is ultimately why we need an authority, but I'm not going to get into that. The important thing is that the message of Christianity and the way that we live our lives is to lean into the cross, to lean into our suffering, to embrace it, because through it, we get to Jesus Christ. Through the cross, we come out of the tomb with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.